Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. It's, it's, I'm telling this you, it's is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in the Country GPS, with Dr. Sean. Hosted by nationally known speaker, like, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. <laughs> Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country. With a pedal to the metal, with this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us, uh, folks joining us all across the country. Listen, you missed a great meal, and guess what? So did I. Uh, there's a story that I'll tell you all about in a second. We really do share, share a meal together. It's the number one thing I get uh, questions about on the Sunday show. Sundays with Dr. Sean is you guys don't really get together and eat a meal every single week before. Some folks came all the way from what, almost two hours away above Philadelphia, an hour above Philadelphia, and brought uh, roast pork that was cooked for how long? Twelve hours? Yeah, bada bing it's called. There you go. Who all had that? A lot of people. Um, and then, uh, but the funny thing is, I'll just say it now, the funny thing is, is I was uh, doing an archery thing down one of my therapy uh, things after the crash is archery. So uh, there was a 3D archery thing down in Maryland today, uh, down in uh, below uh, Sussex County, Delaware. So it was, it was the whole length of Delaware and into Maryland. And uh, so it was a great time. It was awesome, awesome, awesome fun and great people and had a wonderful time. But I had a long way to go to get back here. So plenty of time, plenty of time. What 3D archery is, this doesn't have anything to do with anything, but what 3D archery is, is you see they look like decoys for bear, coyote, uh, turkeys, pheasant, you name it, they got it. Uh, uh, mountain lions, yeah, I won't say that on the air, I'll have a visit when I get home. Uh, but uh, anyhow, so it was all through 30 different stations, and it was, it was just a great time, great people, great time. Well, had plenty of time to get back here, no problem, but then uh, came up on a fatal car crash. And they had stopped cars for almost two hours going northbound and southbound on the only road that I could get this way. And so finally, uh, the GPS said I had about 46 minutes. I would be probably 20 minutes over by the time we got going and uh, 20 minutes late for the show. We made it with minutes to spare, but I'm pulling on to, uh, pulling on to the road to this house. It was probably only, what, a couple miles. And all of a sudden, I have a t- dual turbocharged truck. One of the, uh, what do you call that thing? One of the air intake things blew off, and I almost couldn't drive it. It was barely, barely going. So I'm thinking to myself, my goodness. Well, I got behind a Prius. That's number one. And that was going real slow, and then she turned. And once I stepped on the, and I laughed, actually, when I got behind the Prius. I said, man, I have had such a time getting here on time, and here I am going to get behind this Prius. And then as soon as the Prius turned left, I, I pressed on the gas pedal firmly with authority, and when I did, it blew the thing off. And I couldn't barely even go anywhere. And I had to laugh again because I knew what it was. 
But here I am at a mechanic's house who has it fixed before we came live on the air. How about that? If you don't believe in miracles. But we want to we wanna definitely think about the folks that were involved in that car crash because clearly and obviously having been in a fatal crash three years ago, I guess three years ago, a few weeks ago, uh, you know, I can tell you that, that somebody's lives have changed dramatically today. So God bless them. So we're glad to have the, the live audience here with us. Our musician just arrived. We're glad to have him. He is surveying all the amazing food. By the way, I don't know if you know, but you can smell the food from outside this house. It is unreal. Unreal. So we've got a beautiful, beautiful day. So we're glad that you you are joining us by the radio, but we'd love to have you join us in person. We get together at 5, uh, 5 to 5.30. We have all kinds of great food, and we laugh and, and tell each other how we're doing. And that's just how we do it in this Kehala. But I do need to say that we're politically incorrect. We cut it right straight to the point. Um, we are unmistakably pro-Israel. I had a lady call me last week. She was a very nice lady, extremely nice lady. She called me just to ask me, when you say you're pro-Israel, what does that mean? I said, well, it means I'm, I support Israel. I stand behind Israel. And she said, well, I'm anti-Israel. And I said, well, I'm sure you have your reasons for that. My reasons are scriptural. Uh, and geopolitical, and, and, you know, we're rooted in fact here. So if you'd ever like to have a conversation about that, I'd be glad to have a conversation with you. But, well, you know, we're definitely on different sides, but I am glad to have you listen. And if you're listening tonight, I am glad to have you listening, but I am unapologetically pro-Israel and pro-America, the old America. I am I am the Black Robe Regiment. Um, also, I say this every week, and I say it for a reason. We read from the complete Jewish Bible. By the way, I have Bibles for you guys. Uh, the complete Jewish Bible, and we we do that for a reason. I like to cut out the game of telephone over thousands of years. I like to, um, if possible, the Hebrew words. And you remember, the pens of the Bible are held, most of the pens that wrote the Bible were held by Jews. And uh, they were, you know, talking about a Jewish uh, Yeshua or Jesus. So that's a big thing, and uh, I think, why not? Why not just cut to the source? Yeshua is the Hebrew name for the Lord. It means Yahweh. The Lord is salvation. The English spelling of Yeshua is Joshua. However, when translated from Hebrew into the Greek language, the name Yeshua becomes Iesus. Iesus, the English spelling for Iesus is Jesus. It's like the game of telephone. So I just cut out the middleman. Call him by his original actual name. You know, if, if uh, you know the person that you probably know as Moses... If Moses walked in and everybody turned around and said, Moses, he would turn around and look and see who you're talking about because his name was Moshe. Moshe. It's not Moses. It's not even related to Moses. But that sounds similar, so we'll use that. You're going to hear me talk today about uh, Shaul or the Apostle Paul. His real name, his Hebrew name is Shaul. I don't know where they get Paul, but okay. We'll just call him Shaul, and I'll remind you as we go. Hey, here's a way that you can help us here and uh, help the radio show. Um, and I always forget this. And my buddy, Sean, he runs the Facebook page. He always reminds me. If you go to Facebook.com backslash God in Country Radio, Facebook.com backslash God in Country Radio, you click on Sign Up. Just below my picture, click on Sign Up. That'll take you to a page. You just put your – we don't ask for your bank account information, none of that stuff, your height, your weight, none of that, whether you like – Long walks on the beach. We don't do any of that. Uh, but you just put your basic information in there. We don't sell it. We don't transfer it, primarily because I don't know even where it is. But um, And then you, that helps us. 
because what helps this show grow uh, is what I'm coming to learn is likes, subscribing, follows, shares, and sign-ups. That's what, that's what we need. And also, if you listen to a show, all these shows are free. You listen to them for no charge. We're not going to charge you phone charges or some kind of thing. Uh, if you listen to the show and you're blessed by it or you even have questions, put comments in. There's a place for you to put comments in. Also, the chat room is open, uh, so I'll try my very best to get to that today. Uh, and I also, I think I forgot last week to tell you all about the Monday show. We do a show on Monday from 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time called The Collision of Faith and Politics. They don't call me the Ninja Pastor for nothing. Uh, it's a hard-hitting show. In upcoming shows, I'm just going to tell you now, I'm excited because I happen to meet Stacy Shea, very nice lady, wife of, Spartan wife of, Senior Chief Seal, Tom Shea, who wrote the book Unbreakable. And I just finished reading the book. Uh, it, it's like crack, this book. Amazing book. Um, and, and so we're going to have them on the show, not tomorrow, but we're going to have them on an upcoming show. Also, Drago, uh, United States Navy SEAL that immigrated here legally from Poland and joined the Navy, became a United States Navy SEAL, one of the highest regarded SEALs. Uh, they say if you go into battle, you want to go with Drago. So, and uh, judging from the fact that uh, the dude hugged me and shook my hand, and uh, yeah, he could go into battle today, and he's been retired a few years. So, but that was awesome, absolutely awesome. Um, anyway, so we're going to have some really great shows tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to predict that I'm going to be a little hot under the collar with everything that's going on in Baltimore. What do they call that? Charm City? What do you got to be kidding me? That's its nickname, Charm City. Philadelphia's city of brotherly love. And what do we have? Riots. And we just want to also pray for that family of the police officer, the police officer shot in Queens, NYPD officer, uh, shot right in the car, never even had a chance, uh, was stopping a guy for suspicion of having a gun. I guess that was confirmed. So the guy was caught. And I want to say shout out. I do have some listeners in Queens. Shout out to the listeners in Queens who pointed out where, what house the assailant ran into. What house the assailant? Now, white cop, black assailant. You barely have heard about it. There's something wrong with America when color determines the influence and power of what's being said. So tomorrow we're going we're gonna to tell you all about uh, what you need to know about the state's attorney, Mosley. Uh, there's a lot to know. <laughs> and when you start learning it, it's going to blow your mind. You will not believe uh, it's it's going to blow your mind. We're also going to tell you a lot about Freddie Gray, what the truth is about Freddie Gray, the links from Mosley to Freddie Gray and his family, also the links from Mosley to the mayor, and then from the mayor to the mentor, the personal mentor of Mosley, the state's attorney, who bypassed a grand jury and charged police officers, uh, charged the six police officers, three of which are black, by the way, the supervisor on scene was a black female. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? So we're going to uh, – listen, I'm going to go hard at this, uh, this, this racial thing uh, tomorrow, real hard at it. Um, those of you who heard last week's show, there was a lot of Kay Rivoli, the Rivoli Review, uh, their song on racism. Race, racist is the word. You might hear a little bit more about that. Um, and Kay's actually – Kay and Ron are going to work with me on doing some other cool things. So they're amazing people and great patriots. And hello if they're listening. 
We do have people listening from Florida, so that could be them. So last week, I talked about intent. And I talked about how intent is not enough. Uh, you know, God knows our hearts, and we know, we know. Let's stipulate that God knows our hearts, right? Show of hands. There on the internet, I can see thousands of fans going up. Uh, you know, we know that God, he loves us, right? Because he, he intends to love us, and he does. And we know God knows, he sees right through to our hearts. So he's, he sees the intent. What's, what makes us tick? I call it the why. My next book, um, I don't have a title for it yet, but my next book, we're four chapters in, um, we'll talk a lot about the why behind the try. What is it that drives you? What is it that motivates you? Uh, and not some fluffy bit, but some real, real hard-hitting stuff. What drives me? Why do I do what I do? Well, I thought it would be interesting to follow up a little bit of last week with this today because God does know our hearts, but it is important uh, what I intend to do, what, what, drives, what drives me to do what I do, um, what I do, what I intended in what I actually did. Did you catch that? It's important what I intend to do, what I do, and what I intended in what I did, the why behind the try. Anyway, so, and I'll have a, uh, a piece that I'll be publishing on the Facebook page, and there'll be links to it on Twitter and, and all that stuff. Um, by the way, I just found out I have thousands of contacts on LinkedIn. I did not even know that. So I got a I got an email from LinkedIn saying that you should upgrade to our some other kind of thing because which of course costs money. Uh I think I pay for what I have, but it's more money because you have a certain number it's thousands of people. I didn't even know that. So hello to all you LinkedIn people. I'll start putting messages over there. I'm not trying to ignore you. So anyway, all right, you know how I like to go start to finish on the scriptures. I like to start and finish the reading. 2 Corinthians 12:1 through 21. Verse 1, I have to boast, this is Shaul speaking, Paul, the Apostle Paul, the emissary Shaul. I have to boast, there is nothing to be gained by it, but I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I can't skip over this. I tried to, I gave it a good effort, you saw, I read one whole passage. i got to say this, you guys know I can't skip over that. I mean, that's a good thing if you're a betting person, you'll win on that. Ice cream, you know what I mean? Paul or Shaul talks about this idea almost as though he was two people. Uh, and I'm going to go into, some, go into some deep stuff here, but it's stuff I think all of you can identify with. Um, he talks about this idea, I have to boast, but there's nothing to be gained by it. So he's telling, he's come almost like a little kid. I have to boast here, but there's nothing to be gained by it. There's, there's a deeper purpose to that. Um, but I will go on to visions of revelation of the Lord. Now let's say Romans seven fourteen. Some of you I saw you already turn into it. You you knew you knew where I was going. For we know the Torah of the Spirit, but as for me, for we know that the Torah is of the Spirit. That's an important three letter three words there of the Spirit. Really important. But for, but as for me. I am bound to the old nature, sold to sin as a slave. Now remember, this is the great emissary, Shaul, speaking. This is the great Apostle Paul. This is the guy that, you know, churches, St. Saint, Saint Peter's and Paul and, 
you know, uh, cathedrals and, and all this stuff. This is the guy. This is the dude. You know, this is the guy that's supposed to be just the man, and we could never attain what he does. Uh, so remember, this is who's speaking. You're going to hear some crazy business here in a minute. Um, here's verse 14. I don't understand my own behavior. Do you all hear that? I don't understand my own behavior. You ever hear a little kid, little Johnny? You know, Johnny's always the one, right? Johnny's always the one getting into trouble. It's never Robert, right? It's never Robert. It's never Charlotte. It's never Jerry. It's always Johnny, right? It's always Johnny. So little Johnny, you know, he's little. Johnny, why did you do that? That whatever the wrong thing. And what's always the answer that will tick me off more than anything? I don't know. I don't know. But you know what I've come to learn? Being the parent of an almost 23-year-old and a newly 20-year-old, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know. All this time I was going on and on about, you know, yes, you do too know. Don't even tell me you don't know. There's always a reason. Sometimes there's not a reason. Can I get an amen? You know, sometimes they, even if they told you their reason, you would just shake your head and say, that is not a plausible reason. No reasonable person. And then you stop yourself. You say, I'm talking to a, a teenager. I'm talking to a seven-year-old. You know, no reasonable person. Then you think to yourself, well, they're not reasonable. Whatever, cite that as a reason. And so now you got it. Now you got it. So he says, but as for me, remember, to rise of the spirit, but as for me, as for me, I am bound to the old nature, sold to sin as a slave. That'll be important. I don't understand my own behavior. I don't do what I want to do. This is in the scripture. I'm not making this up. Instead, I do the very thing I hate. I hate doing this thing. And I'm trying not to do the thing. But I did the thing. What the heck? Why am I doing the thing? I didn't want to do the thing. But now I'm doing the thing, even though I don't want to do the thing, whatever the thing is. I do the opposite. Instead of avoiding the cake, what do I do? I get a giant piece of cake, right? Oh, amen, amen. The crowd here is going, mm-hmm, amen. I witnessed that. Wes is testifying. <laughs> Cookies, brownies, the corners. I mean, I say, look, I can't eat that stuff. I've got a challah bread. Oh, man, I don't smell it, so it must not be here. It's not here. I knew it. I was. Th- I didn't want to brag on my nose, you know, cause, but I didn't smell it, and I, you know, but that stuff. Oh man. So I'm trying not to eat bread. Trying to cut out the gluten. Nightshades more more than that. Tomatoes and p- white potatoes. But so, well, there's a good example. You know what I love? On the show, Sean. I don't know how he does this. S E A N Sean, military fireman, uh, active duty. One time uh, we had a technical difficulty on the Monday show. And I just started talking about French fries. Man, you know, I could eat some French fries. I was, I'm hungry for some French fries, not just regular French fries. I want really good French fries, like four-walk French fries. And I was blah, 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 going on and on and on, buying myself time because we lost our link to the guest we had on. I think it was. Well, what's he have on the Facebook page already is a picture of some kind of French fries from Boardwalk or Nicola's or some Nicola's French fries down in Redwood Beach, Delaware. Boom, it pops up. You know, I should charge them. I should charge them. I have a lot of viewers. So, so here's the thing, you know, I love French fries and you know what I love to put on French fries? Ketchup, you know, nightshade, ketchup, tomatoes. And and when my doctor told me, you know, you can't have nightshades. I said, I don't think you should breathe again. 
you know, but I love the dude, and he's kept me alive, so I couldn't kill him, you know. But, you know, kill the messenger. But I got to tell you, you tell me I can't have French fries. My favorite are actually crinkle cut, done a little bit crispy, and a good ketchup. Oh, man. Mm, mm, mm. And he two in one swipe. Two in one swipe he got me. So now I can't have that. So I'm really, really disappointed. But you know what I'll eat on occasion? You know it. You know it. You know French fries with some ketchup. Because I said, oh, whew, don't get me started on crabs. Don't you? You're going right to my heart now. I grew up on crabs. Instead of avoiding the cake, I know I go right to it. Instead of avoiding the stuff, I go right to it. Instead of defaulting to my mandate from God of love, I go to hate. What if instead of defaulting to fear, I drive toward courage? What if that internal dialogue, this book, Unbreakable, by uh, Senior Chief Seal Tom Shea, going to be on the radio show on Monday, not this Monday, but a coming Monday. Um, he talks about internal dialogue drives human performance, and it's absolutely true. If you don't believe that you can do it, guess what? You're not going to do it. You can't do it. It's not going to happen. But sometimes the believing you can do something, look, I'm going to look at a building and I'm going to say, I'm going to jump over that building. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a busted nose and skin face because I'm going to be only about six feet up on that building. Before I bust into the building, reality comes crashing down on top of my 255-pound body. So I can believe it all day long, but it's not going to happen. However, it is absolutely true that, you know what, if you don't believe you can do something, you're not going to luck into doing it. It's just not going to happen. Well, you know what? Sometimes we we are called to action that scares us. We have to do things that scare us. I felt so horrible, uh, just just horrible for the Baltimore police officers uh, this this past week to be running from crowds, to be fleeing from crowds, to be told you are not to respond, retreat, 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 stand down. You are allowed to burn. A city, you're allowed to steal cars. Who knows how many cars were stolen that night? 200 automobiles were stolen. 200. They recovered 151 or 155 of them, I think, of this. As this. It's just, whoa, whoa, whoa. From the back, Big Don says, it's just property. It's just property. Yo, don't get me going. We will go there. We will. Yeah, even dogs don't poop where they live, Sue says. Sue's not, she's all the way in the back. I don't even know how to act with her in the back. So anyway, so what if instead of defaulting to not trusting God, what if, what if instead of defaulting to not trusting God, because you know what? Sometimes it's hard to trust God. You don't see the thing coming. You don't see it. You don't know what's around the corner. God does. And we know that God does, but we don't. But we say, God, you know, I know you've moved mountains. I know you've split the sea. I know that you've done all these things. I know you've raised from the dead. I know that you've just done inexplainable things. But you know what? I I'm, I want to have my hand on this. And I trust you, but you're God and you're far, and I don't know. I don't have a book here to look at to say this is how it's going to happen. So we don't. But what if we did? What if instead of defaulting, to not trusting God, I just trusted God. What if I did that? What if I made that my practice? And, you know, I, it's not for nothing that I said, what if instead of defaulting to fear, I drive toward courage? You know, it takes a lot of courage to trust God. Doesn't it? 
Has God ever moved you from a comfortable job into a not-so-comfortable job? Or how about this? Has God ever moved you from a comfortable job to no job? Has God ever moved you from a home or a neighborhood that you loved, that was comfortable, that was exactly how you wanted it? You knew everybody on the block. Heck, you were probably related to everybody on the block. And then you said, I'm, I, I'm being called to move, and you move. God's leading you to do something big that you're like, ooh, man, I always wanted to do this thing. What if he did? You know what? What if you lose your husband of all those years, and, and there's a lot of confusing stuff, a lot of sad, confusing, scary stuff? It's, it's easy to say, well, just trust God. It is. It's easy to say it. I don't sit in front of you, uh, the reverend doctor, and talk a bunch of smack about, well, you just need to trust God. It's what you need to do. Because it's, it's not that easy. It is not that easy. You need courage. You need courage. And I talk about internal dialogue a, a second ago, what, what uh, the SEAL uh, Tom Shea from Unbreakable says. Uh, you know, I have to tell you. It's, do you tell yourself you can trust God? Do you remind yourself, look, I know I can trust God. I know that I can. He has had my back before. He's never failed me. He won't fail me. Food for thought. Anybody out there know what you should do? You know you got a thing, hurt habit or hang up. What you should do, what you want to do, and yet you don't do it. Anybody? Anybody ever been in that position? You know what you should do. You know what you want to do, but you just don't do it. You fall prey to your hurt, habit, or hang-up over and over and over again. Anyway, you know how I like to get back to Scripture. I don't like to get off the path too much. Now, if I am, this is 16, if I am doing what I don't want to do, I am agreeing that the Torah is good. The Torah is good. Now, if I'm doing what I don't want to do, I am agreeing that the Torah is good. But now it is no longer the real me doing it, but the sin housed inside me. How many of us know our old nature is sinful? Our way is sinful. We just, we're just sinful folk. I'm a sinful folk. I got a lot of hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Some of you in here know about my hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Some of them. You know? And, and I'm just telling you, this whole image of living a perfect life is a scam. You, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. But, but, Here's an important thing. I love what the Apostle Paul or Shaul, the emissary Shaul, had to say here. But now it is no longer the real me doing it, but the sin housed in And let me, let me say this. Is he saying the devil made me do it? Who was that? James Brown? devil made me do it? Who? No, it was the other guy. Flip Wilson. The devil made me do it. I got to work on an imitation. I got to pull up some some YouTube videos of him. It's no longer the real me. It's the devil made me do it. Is that, is that what Shaul is saying here? No, he's not. I'm glad you said that because we go there and a lot of folks teach that. Well, the devil made you do it. The devil made you do it. It's your old nature. Where do we get our old nature? From the enemy, Satan, the devil, the big D. I put it always with a little D. I autocorrect my iPhone. I do. I autocorrect it. I go back. It always wants, if you try the devil or devil uh, or Satan, it always wants to capitalize that. Bang, I go back. I, do, I, I override. I override. It makes him mad, I bet. No, you will capitalize my name. I don't know if that's his voice. 
For I know that there is nothing good housed inside me. That is, inside my old nature. I can want what is good, but I can't do it. Look, I can want what is good, but I can't do it. I can't do it. Has anybody ever been there? I can want what is good. I can want that, see that neighbor across the street that moved in about three, four months ago, and they they really keep to themselves. And I know there was a man and a woman, and I think they were they were husband and wife because they were older. And and then I remember seeing the ambulance there. And of course, we don't talk to her because we don't talk to our neighbors. And and then all of a sudden, I see the ambulance there, and boy, some weeks have passed, and his car that was always in the driveway. That's gone now. It's one day I came home and it's gone. And uh and boy, I'll tell you what. That lady doesn't seem the same as she used to be. Now, I don't know her cuz I never said hi to her or anything. You know, I see her come and go and but I mean, we we keep to ourselves, you know, we're private people. Christians, we're private Christian people. We keep our our good news to ourselves, with smiles and happiness. Cuz that's where we need it, right? Right in here. I can want what is good, but I can't do it. I can want to go to that lady. Now, you all know that this this is kind of funny in a little bit because you know my personality. You know that I would do it. I'd be the first one over, drive somebody in the back crazy. Hey, somebody moved. Hey, how you doing? My name is Sean. I live right over there. And then I suggest if they have dogs, they, they find a thing called a bag and pick up their... Anyway, that's a whole different sermon I could... Makes me mad. Makes me mad. Anyway, if any of my neighbors are listening, if you could just just a bag. It takes two seconds. That's all I'm saying. I'll I'll pray for you. So, but I but I can want what is good. I can want to go over there and I can want to talk to them, talk to the lady. You know what I should have done when they moved in? Don't jump when their moving truck is there. Don't don't come over talking about holding a, a plate of cookies, trying to look. Trying to look in there. Mm, what's going on in there? What they do to the place? You know, hey, you need any help? Look, if you say need any help, and they say, yeah, there's a big 900 pound bureau in there. Could you help me with that? Look, don't say, oh, I meant help, as in here, you want some cookies, you know. But I know that guy right there, he would do it. There's almost everybody in the room would do it, would help out. But the thing is, so you don't go meet the person. You're you're uh, you're you're awkward. You're feeling awkward. You're feeling you're feeling. I don't know. You know, we keep to ourselves. Then what if they come over sometime? Can you watch my cat? Peaches, you know, we're going on vacation, you know. My car won't start. You know, you don't want that, right? That's just a pain in the neck neighbor, right? So you don't want that. So you don't engage. So you don't say hi. You don't wave. Oh, you wave, but as you're going by, oh, I'm I'm, I'm going, you know, and you're, you're gone. Right? You do that. We do that sometimes. I don't do it, but I'm saying some folks do it. I live in a neighborhood, a townhouse community, and I'm telling you, they do it. <laughs> you know, they do it. They, We have people that have lived there. I don't even know their name. We've been there 10 years. I don't even know their name. Don't know their name. I know there is a lady that, and I know she's not listening to my show. She lives at the end of this little meadow, and I throw the ball to my dog. And, uh, and sometimes the dog will run a little quick circle through her yard as she's turning around and bringing the ball back to me. A lady will open that door and give me a dirty look. She'll stare daggers. 
she'll stare at daggers. And I always start walking toward her. Hey, how you doing? My name is. And she, poof, she slams that door. Oh, no, you didn't. You're not coming to talk to me. I shot you a dirty look. That's how we do it. Haven't you noticed? This is a special neighborhood. <laughs> anyway. But what if I overrode? What about the courage that's needed to override that tendency to stay to yourself? Maybe that's your thing. Maybe that's your thing. You know what? There's a flip side to it. Maybe you're the type of person you're always up in somebody's business. You're always up in somebody's hizzy, right up in their right up in their grill. Always wanting to know what's going on. Maybe the courage it takes is for you to step back a little bit and say, okay, what's my intent here? Do I want to know somebody's business? Or do I want to bless somebody? Remember the, the example I gave last week, the uh, folks driving like crazy. Now, it's a bad week. It's a, where is Stabley? It's a bad week for me to quote this since I blew something off of my truck. But somebody driving like crazy, follow me to so-and-so church, you know. And you're like, take that bumper sticker off there. Remember I talked about that? But you know what? That thing, it, it, it isn't always a big sin. It isn't, it isn't always that big hurt or habit or hang-up. Maybe it's that tendency, that proclivity. A certain way. Maybe you have a tendency a certain way. And you know what? Sometimes that courage that you need is to overcome that tendency. Sometimes you just got to overcome that. Anyway, but we can't do it on our own. That's that's why we gather. Somebody said, you know, that's old school, gathering together, you know, for church. It's just old. But you know what? I love this group of people, every one of you. I know you all by name, and, and I care about what what happens to you. You care about what happens to me. Uh, it's just a beautiful thing, and you don't get this anywhere else. I'm telling you, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Why wouldn't you want to come? It's fun. This is not the kind of place that's going to judge you on what you wear. Lord knows I got dusty boots on today from being out there in the archery range and having my fun. I'm probably covered up in ticks. I'm just going to say you wouldn't want to get too close to me tonight. God, I'm probably covered up in ticks. I did use spray, but so, okay. So verse 19, because it's real important that we keep going. For I don't do the good I want. Instead, the evil that I don't want is what I do. Does it sound like he's being redundant here? Anybody? Anybody feel like he's being redundant? He's repeated something. We're going on three times. What? We're going on something three times. That must be important. For I don't do what the good I want. Instead, the evil that I don't want is what I do. But if I'm doing what the real me doesn't want, it is no longer the real me. But the sin housed inside me. The devil made me do it. Remember? What did he just say in a previous verse? It's not me. It's the sin inside me. Is he saying the devil made me do it? Susan answered it correctly. She said, no, that's not the devil made me do it. It's not what he's saying here. So I find to be the rule, this is 21, a kind of perverse Torah that although I want, and what's another word for a want? I want. I intend. My intent. I want to do what is good, evil is right there with me. Man, you don't get any tougher than that. Evil is right there with me. Now, that's some scary business. Sometimes, I just talked a few minutes ago about a small example. What seems to be a small example about that neighbor. Well, you know what could have happened to that neighbor? That man that you saw when they moved up and they moved in. And those two cars, all of a sudden, he didn't show show around. They've been married for 50-some years, and he passed away. And you want to know something? She's lonely. The wife is lonely. She's afraid. She's sad. You don't see much of her anymore because the only reason she was able to muster up the courage to leave the house and, and you know, go places in the neighborhood or, or the store, the market, wherever, 
sometimes even church, is because her husband gave her the courage. And now he's not there. And neither are you. Neither are you. What if you fought the tendency to say, we're folks that stay to ourselves. And you engaged that nice lady and you said, hey, I'm so-and-so from right down the street or from right next door. And you just don't make it a big thing. Don't come in and say you have any good cookies. Uh, You know, you're old. Do you bake good? Because that's what old people do. You know, none of that. You just just write your information down on a card, legibly, nice and big. You write your information down, your phone number, and you say, if you need anything, you give me a call. Tell you what, if she wants to talk and tell you the emptiness and the sorrow in her heart because her first love, the first person you ever fell in love with in fifth grade and has held hands with ever since, first person she ever kissed is now gone from her presence. And you wouldn't know it. Because you were afraid, you lacked the courage to break away from that tendency we have. In today's society, that's what we do. That's what we do. I'm just saying, maybe you break away with that. Maybe you break through the intent and you do. Just start off with a little card with your, with your name and your number on it. I live at this address. If you need anything, feel free to call. This is my cell phone number. Don't hesitate to call. It, it's no problem. Any way I can help you, I'd be glad to. You know what? You see her grass starting to creep up. You walk over to her house, and you don't make a big deal of it, and you have your little push mower and your weed eater, and you knock on the door and say, hand her that card and say, ma'am, I'm Robert, or I'm Bob, or I'm Steve, or I'm Jerry, or I'm Jerry, you know, or Sean, or Sean, or Wes, and you say, you know, I'm going to mow your grass for you. Is there anything else you need while I'm here? She's going to look at you like you have two heads. You know why? Because people don't do that anymore. Who's the first person that should be doing that? In the neighborhood, who's the first person that should be doing that? It should be the Christian. It should be the person who is a follower of the way, a person who has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, who has been sanctified and set apart. It should be the person who has the hope of glory. It should be the person who should wake every morning, pinch themselves and go, okay, I'm not in glory yet, so i got to make where I am a little better. That person. The person before they put their feet on the bed, put their feet off the bed onto the floor and say, Lord, thank you for another day. I know the glory that awaits me. Actually, I don't have any clue, but I know it's great. And, and But thank you for allowing me to stay with my kids. Next weekend, we're going to have, she might be listening right now, we're going to have the pleasure. We're going to meet somewhere else other than here. Uh, but uh, we're going to have the pleasure of having my niece Joanna, wife of Brad, um, one of my one of my nephews, and my little sweet sweet Lillian, Lillian May is going to be up at my house. So if you all come over to my house, we have it at my house. You will be seeing. And if any of her face is missing, you'll know it's because I ate it. That kid's face is just oh good lands. I just want to eat that face. Just see that little cute little face and just eat it. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Although, I know, although <laughs> Joanne always says, Uncle Sean, please don't eat my baby's face. I'll put it back. It'll grow back. She's got those big, cute little teeth or cute little cheeks. Okay, so what's he say here? Although, so I find it to be the rule. Words don't mean a lot. They mean everything. So I find it to be the rule, a kind of perverse Torah, that although I want or intend to do 
do what is good. Look, we talk a bunch of smack, can't we, right? You know people like this. They talk a bunch of blah, 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 blah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, and they, and they go on and on and on. But what do they do? They don't ever do anything. You ever know people? Do you ever know people? And I know you probably do. Do you ever know people who, uh, I got a little weird blip on here, Sean. Do you know if it's broadcasting? Oh, I got you. I got you. Could you just check it real quick on your on your phone? Because um, I got a bunch of weird messages here. Anyway, uh, the thing is, the thing is, is, I know people who they intend to do a lot of things, and they never do a thing. They never accomplish anything. They never do. They never do. So he says here, although I want or intend to do the action part, what is good, evil is right there with me. It's like a, a tethered millstone around Shaul's neck. Now, this is remember what I said. This is the man. He has churches named after him. He, I mean, he's the big deal. He's a big, big deal. He was the Jew's Jew. He was, you know, he was the rabbi. He trained under Gamaliel. I mean, he was the man. And here, this is what you need to understand. You, you, if you set up the expectation of yourself that you're going to get it right every single time, you are going to be sadly and sorely mistaken. Awesome, buddy. Thank you. Um, I've never seen these messages, but it could be somebody trying to send me a message, and I don't know. I'm sorry if that's the case. Um, but, you know, we know people. We all, we all know people who we look at as we, we hold up on a pedestal. We just, we just look at them like, wow, you are really something. You are really something amazing. You're something special. And we could never imagine them ever doing anything wrong or having a hurt habit or hang-up. Um, I had a conversation with somebody this this past week who is uh, one of the more amazing people I've ever known in my life, but they confided in me a story of their childhood, and I was shocked. Not shocked as in, oh, my goodness, you know, mm. but shocked as in, wow, you have managed that that terrible event so beautifully. You have managed that horrible thing that happened to you so amazingly, so gracefully, with such elegance and grace. Wow. That's what it means to love Jesus. That's what it means to love Yeshua. That's what it means. That's part of it is is as we plow through this rough life. I mean, look, it's getting rougher. We saw Baltimore. Listen, Baltimore is a, is a microcosm of much bigger things to come. We've been preaching this for a few years now, and I'm telling you, it's coming with a chip. What is uh, Reverend Wright? I don't even like to call him Reverend. The chickens have come home to roost. So, you know, this is happening. This, is, this, is, this, this floodgate has been opened, and somebody disconnected the switch. So, you know, we've got we to we understand that this is real. This is real. There's bad stuff coming. But for Shaul, this was like a millstone. He is talking about himself here. Listen, let me, let me put this in front of you. If the Apostle Paul struggled this much with this, this thing that he's talking about, why are you so hard on yourself? Why, why do you beat yourself up? I'm, look, finger pointing at you as four pointing back at me. 
I was going to say six pointing back at me, and people are like, you know, I got to go to that place because that guy's got seven fingers. He's a freak of nature. <laughs> that's up for debate. I said it as being funny, but clearly that's not. There's more truth than that than meets the eye. So, so the Apostle Paul, you're going to think about who's talking here. I, this is why I love the complete Jewish Bible, because it is, it is essentially conversational, Jew to Jew, you know. Jew, hey, we're having a conversation here. You know, I'm being real. Paul is being real here. He's saying, man, I, I want to do the right thing, but every time I try to, boom, evil is right here with me. He doesn't say, oh, you know, not so good is right here with me. He says evil. He uses the word evil right here with me. And he's not just talking about the spiritual battle of the group that he's dealing with, the Corinthians. He's, that's not all of it. That's not all of it. He's talking about me. He's using the words, proper tensing, all these things. He's saying, look, folks, I got a millstone around my neck. What do we know it, Bible people? A thorn of the flesh. For in my inner self, I completely agree in my inner self. Look, I, I, it's in me to agree with God's Torah, God's Torah, right? Not the perverted Torah, but God's Torah. I know that what he says is the right thing to do. I know that what he says is the best thing to do. I know that what he says, the guidebook that we have, that we've been given, is the right way. I know that. I know it. I know it. Inside, my inner self, my spirit knows it. My soul and my soul. Are you getting where I'm going with this? This is his, if you could just reach in there and grab who he is. He's saying in there, in my gut, I know. I agree with God's Torah. I completely. He doesn't just say I agree to leave it open for, well, maybe some stuff. No, he's, the whole thing. I agree with the whole thing. Boom. I completely agree with God's Torah. But in my various parts, I see a different Torah. One that battles with, good lands. You people take up my time. This is 13 minutes. Hmm. Uh. For in my various parts, I see a different Torah, one that battles with the Torah in my mind. Head exploding. Let me go back. For in my inner self, I completely agree with God's Torah. We fast forward. But in my various parts, I see a different Torah, one that battles with the Torah in my mind. Not just that. And makes me a prisoner of sin's Torah, which is operating in my various parts. It doesn't stop there. What a miserable creature I am. Is he using hyperbole here? No. Paul, Shaul, the great emissary Shaul, is looking at himself as he's putting pen to page, and he is saying, what a miserable creature I am. Who will rescue me from this body bound for death? 
Man, if that's not getting real with your audience, I don't know what is. I don't know what is. He has already said, I'm I'm trying to do the right thing. I don't do the right thing. That very thing that I try not to do, I do. And you know, church folks, I always love this. I always, I always love this if I'm doing a seminar or something like that at a church. I'll, I'll ask them that question. What is that thing? I'll be in a you know, smaller breakout session. Come on, folks. What is that thing? That thing. Be real with yourself. You know, you're just writing it down. You're just real, just real with yourself. I'm not going to make you say it if you don't want to say it. You know, just be real with yourself. Look, this isn't going to help you. That thing, that hurt habit or hang up, that thing that just drags you down, that thing you try not to do, but you keep doing it. You don't want to do it, but you do it. You think, oh, that one thing I don't want to do, I do. Like Shaul, the great emissary Shaul, the apostle Paul. That thing. Just be real. Just write it down. Don't nobody be peeking. You can even do like this, like you did in grade school, when you don't want that snotty-nosed boy next to you that didn't do his studies copying off your work so he can get an A and didn't earn it like this, leaning over, you know, with your elbow, copying. You, you do that. Start with anybody. Write small so nobody you know his neighbors can't see you. All right, now I told you I wasn't going to call you, and I'm not. But anybody want to share? Anybody want to share? And you know what? There's always somebody talking about, well, I will share with y'all. I will share with y'all uh, this deep thing that my hurt habit. I will share with y'all. I will do it. I will do I'm going to be open. I'm going to be open with y'all. I'm going to let it all hang out. I'm bearing it all. I'm bearing my soul to y'all. Because I'm trying to be obedient to God. Okay, okay, ma'am. Well, thank you. I appreciate your boldness, your courage. That's awesome. What is your thing? Uh, thank you for being willing to share with us. What is your thing? Well, I'm just going to confess something. Is the door closed? I don't want nobody outside hearing this. We're a tight group. Um, I have worn white after Labor Day. I have did it. I have did that. I did that. Look, now we on it. Now we on it. I'm going to tell you all something else. I'm on a roll. Listen, when I wear tie-up shoes, I'm going to be honest with you. I tie them off my feet, and I just shove my foot in there with a shoehorn so it looks pretty. I can't tie no good. That's what I do. And then they fan themselves like this. And you're like, are you for real? You know, we say that. We say these little stupid things. But in your mind right now, what's going through your mind is two different things. There's two different things, two different types of field, two different things. Well, I know I'm better than all that. That's why I wear Velcro shoes. <laughs> you know, No, you know, we, we know that there's two different types of people. There's that one person that, that has grown up under that worm theology, that you're lower than worms. You, you're the worst thing ever. And that hurt, have, or hand, which is a real hurt, have, or hang up beat themselves over the head. They beat themselves to death over it. They say, man, I'm no good. I am no good. I am no good. God, don't want no parts of me. My friends, my family, they don't want no parts of me. If they knew this, they'd hate me. If they knew this about me, they'd hate me. There's that other person I just talked about. She's talking about she wore white, white after Labor Day. I don't even know. Is that a thing? Is that real? I just it popped in my head. I don't know if you're supposed to. Is that some big... Bad thing. Maybe I'm giving a bad example. I don't know. But anyhow, so my thing my thing here is you got that other side, that person that just won't let it go. Look, man, it's a thorn in your side. You're going to have to work on it with God. You're going to have to communicate with God. You have to love God. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. There is no point to being a follower of Yeshua 
Hamashiach, the risen Savior of the Son of God, the Savior of mankind, the one who came, lived a sinless, perfect life for 33 years, three years, walked from place to place, ministering and healing, uh, healing the blind, raising the dead, healing hearts, casting demons out, having conversations with real people who didn't know a thing about who he was. Come on. If you think all of those disciples understood, they didn't understand. Till a little bit after. Till a little bit after. And they started going, folks, we're, start of, we're part of something big. We are part of something big. I'm going to tell you something. We, radio audience and everybody in this room, we're part of something big. You know why? Because we're a child of the Most High. We are a child of the God who redeems. We are a child who said, I'm going to send you the answer for your sin. He's going to be named Yeshua. He's going to live here. He's going to walk among you, and you're going to reject him. But you know what? I'm going to give him a choice in a garden one day. I'm going to say, through blood, hematidrosis, the blood coming through his skin, sweating drops of blood, um, and and and. And he could say, Father, I'm not going to do it. These people aren't worth it. Sean Greener, he is definitely not worth it. I'm not doing it. His hurt habit hanging up is too bad. I'm not going to do it. He could have done that. But he didn't. He got beaten unrecognizable. Almost to death. He got nailed to the wood that his father created. That's our Redeemer. Go see your neighbor. Go say hello. Your work, the person that works next to you that's just a crab you can't stand, oh, good lands, I hope that person is sick today because I want a decent day. But you know what he's going to do. If he's sick today, you know what he's going to do? He's going to come in tomorrow even sicker, sneezing all over me. Listen, folks, fight that. Fight that. It, it Look, it, it can be our tendency. It can be our tendency. Fight that. But if you're that person that says, I'm no good, God wouldn't want anything to do with me, fight that too, because that's just as bad. It's just as bad. He loves you. He cares for you. He wants to minister to you. Look, if he will minister to somebody like me, he will minister to you. No kidding. Anyway, what a miserable creature I am. Who will rescue me from this body bound for death? Thanks be to God, he will. God will rescue Shaul through Yeshua the Messiah, our Lord. To sum up, with my mind, I am a slave of God's Torah. But with my old nature, I am a slave of sin's Torah. Anyway, 2 Corinthians. I know a man. Now, he and we're not obviously not going to get finished this today. I know a man, and this is Shaul in his modesty. He means himself, which he often does when he's speaking of his own visions and in Revelations, in union with the Messiah, who was, who 14 years ago was snatched up to the third heaven. Now, that's not the first heaven, the air, or the second heaven, the sky where the stars are, but with God, where he is in the spiritual realm. Whether he was in the body or outside the body, I don't know. God knows. Hey, look, can I just, not in Scripture, but can I just lay something on you? If God knows, do we necessarily need to know? No, we sure don't. We sure don't need to know. Let go of that, need to know everything. That's a, that's, a, that's a human thing. 
We need to know everything. I need to know everything. I need to know all the plans. I need to know what's going to happen next month. I need to know what this document's going to say or what that, what's going to happen here, what's going to happen there. I need to know all of it. I need to know all of it. If I don't know all of it, it's going to be chaos. It's going to be mayhem. Can't have it. Can't live that way. Let go of that. Let go of that. If God knows something, we don't always, we don't always need to know. In verse 3, and I know such a man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I don't know. God knows. And was snatched into or snatched up. We, we're going to talk about it. Listen, Second uh, Thessalonians, by special request, lady back there, uh, special request. Our next study is going to be Thessalonians. We're going to talk, be talking Thessalonians 4, 17, 18. Then we who are left still alive will be caught up or snatched up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we will always be with the Lord. By the way, shameless plug, our next study, Thessalonians. I'm just saying, I'm a marketer now. Was snatched into Gan Eden and heard things that cannot be put into words, things unlawful for a human being to utter. About such a man I will boast, but about myself I will not boast, except in regard to my weaknesses. Look, I'm not going to tell you how great I am, but I will tell you, I got some hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Amen? If I did not want to boast, I would not be foolish, but I would be speaking the truth. But because of the extraordinary greatness of the revelations, I refrain so that no one will think more of me than what my words or his intent or deeds, his actions, may warrant. Therefore, to keep me from becoming overly proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Commentary sheds light on what Shaul's thorn in the flesh might have been. Some think it was uh, physical incapacity, maybe uh, a limp or, or some sort of physical um, disability. Uh, stuttering, could have been stuttering, could have been epilepsy, or weak vision. Some, um, the emotional suffering resulting from not winning Jews to the Messiah that he would have liked. Uh, recurring temptation, greed. Um, it's, it's hard to say. It could have been just a demon chasing him down. Could have been all that. To pound away at him, the Bible says. To pound away at me so that I wouldn't grow conceited. Three times I begged the Lord to take this thing away from me. Maybe that was the thing. Maybe that's the thing we should do. Listen, I appreciate you all listening here and, and around the world. It amazes me when I look at numbers, the number of people that listen to this just blows my mind. Thank you very much. Join us tomorrow and join us next week. We would be glad to have you. God bless you. Join us next time for Sundays with Dr. Sean. And please follow this show and the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show during the week at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio. And check out all the free messages, archive shows, and buy Dr. Sean's critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, at www.drshawngreener.com. Join us during the week. And in the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining us in this fight. <laughs>